0: Welcome to the Singaporean Golf Pro Podcast, the podcast for golf professionals by golf professionals. This is episode 5 of the Singaporean Golf Pro Podcast, and I'm your host, Wei Li Lu. Welcome back to the Singaporean Golf Pro Podcast. On today's episode, we have the Northeast Regional Director at PGA of America. Mr. Jonathan Gold, who is uh, also a good friend of mine, um, Jonathan. Thank you for coming on the podcast.
1: Really, thank you for having me. All
0: right. So, can you introduce yourself a little bit? Tell us your background and what you do at the PGA of America.
1: Yeah, sure. Willie. thank you. So, again, uh, my name is Jonathan Golds. I've been with the PGA of America for a little bit of over eleven years. You know, PGA of America member for, for about fourteen years now. Uh, been in the golf industry my whole life, I I guess. Um, I've never actually had a job outside of golf, uh, little known fact. So I got my first job working at a driving range, you know, cleaning up the range and organizing the golf carts and thought it was the greatest thing in the world. But all of my job's from that point on have always been in the golf industry one way or another.
0: Right. So what's your role now? So my
1: role right now, uh, I currently serve as the regional director for the Northeast uh, Mm -hmm. and also the career consultant for the Metropolitan PGA section. The day to day and what we're we're tasked with is that we have a team of four career consultants two player engagement consultants and one recruiter. And and really our mission is to just elevate and enhance the lives of our PGA members. And, uh, you know, we do that in multiple ways. Our player engagement consultants do that by uh, assisting our members and employers with growth of the game practices some of the things that you see on tv just like pj junior league golf and drive chip and putt and also some of the things that you might see on tv just in building relationships and going to each facility on a case-by-case basis to try to help professionals grow their business through uh, engaging their consumers and then really on the consumer side of things mm-hmm. uh, sorry on the career services side of things uh, you know, the career services team engages with PJ professionals and employers to elevate their, their careers, right? From, you know, resume review and interview prep to consultation with professionals and helping them with their contracts. Uh, and then also the employer side help facilitate searches um, for, you know, for all facilities and um, and for all types of positions. And then Leela Mackey, who currently serves as our recruiting specialist, kind of brings everything together. And is the promoter out, out in the region trying to, you know, talk to people and answer questions about what a career in the industry looks like? There's there's certainly some perceptions out there that is, you can only go green grass you know, and there's certainly, as you know, as uh, many different avenues. Golf is a wonderful game and it provides a multitude of career opportunities.
0: Right. So a lot of it is to grow the game of golf and educate the next generation of golf professionals to join the industry and make it even better, even yeah. though it's already a great industry to be in. So we, we all love golf. That's why we're doing what we're doing. Uh, and your your main job is really to grow the game. And we talked a little bit about how to grow the game. How about yourself personally? What do you yeah. love about golf? Or what, what do you love about working in this industry?
1: Yeah. So there there's a lot there's a lot to unpack there. Um, could they say, I always believe that golf is the ultimate connector. It brings people together. It it brought you and I together, right? Right. And it's just amazing in that. And I think golf professionals are at their hearts, they're relationship builders, and they just use the game of golf as a tool to make someone else's day better. It kind of goes with the mantra of golf is like you leave something better than you found it. That's why you replace divots and ball marks. And when someone comes to approach you for a lesson, they're looking to get better. But essentially, you know, great teachers. You know, they, they have their students leave them with a bigger smile on their face than when they came to the lesson team. And so that, that personally for me is very rewarding uh, the relationships that we get to make, you know. And then also, there's some things in growth of the game that are truly special. We have wonderful programs to the foundation, like some of you may have heard of, like PJ Hope, right? So helping our Patriots everywhere. So we get to interact and really give back to those that really deserve it. Um, our veterans, they, they may be going through some tough times right now. And our ability to give, we call it the gift of golf, but it's really creating a a relationship with with a veteran and providing them a game that they can enjoy for the rest of their life and access to a facility, a safe facility is really special. So I I really believe it's it's a wonderful question, but it's a broad question, right? So as we engage and try to grow the game as PGA members, we interact with anyone that's interested and sometimes people that might not be interested in the game. And it's really a wonderful thing.
0: Yeah, and we often say the PGA Hope isn't just golf for veg- veterans, but also golf therapy. It,
1: and it is, and, for, and it, it is, yeah, 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 and it is. It's just an escape from, you know, from someone maybe going through a tough time, and you know, the golf course is a wonderful thing. I got to know many veterans over the years going through the Hope program and becoming a certified instructor through 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 Adaptive Golf, and you know, the golf course is really a safe space. It's quiet. You don't have a lot of noises that could really inflict some what would be PTSD from our veterans, right? You know, when they're out in the street and they hear a honking of a car or a loud noise, really, that could that could kind of, you know, set them back a little bit. And and the golf course itself is just a safe space for them. And by, by us introducing the game of golf, you know, it gives them something to enjoy and also the camaraderie of, the, of their peers and, and fellow professionals. It's It really is uh, a a wonderful activity that, you know, the foundation the PGA of America has undertaken with the support of, you know, 41 sections and thousands of PGA professionals.
0: Safe space for golf with golf. I I love that. And, you know, we talk about interacting with people that do not play golf and how do we get more people playing the game of golf? Because, you know, through research from PGA, we realized that. A lot of golf that people that start to play golf come from non traditional types of golf. You know, we see top golf, we see pop stroke. You know, we talked about this with um, some of the previous guests also. But, you know, you're in the PGA and you probably have a better idea of how we're looking to grow this game through the non-traditional means. And yeah, so what non-traditional means mean for a game and how should industry professionals help with that?
1: Yeah, it's amazing. So it, it kind of start, revolves a little around technology, maybe really, but um, I remember, so prior to my years in career consulting, I was actually hired, my first position with the association was as a player development regional manager. And this was at a time where rounds of golf was, was really declining and the golf population as a whole was, was declining as well. So there was a lot of concerns from the association that, you know, we, we really got to, we really have to stop this. So we were able to identify, I believe at the time we had about 24 million golfers and we had almost about 90 million golfers, right. Uh, and that at some point had touched the golf club, but for whatever reason, just, Decided not to take up the game, or has given it up at some point. So that was kind of my my inroads to the association, and kind of learning about you know what your question is about how do we create relationships with customers um, and turn them into lifelong golfers, like and and also utilize technology like Top Golf or even video games for that matter. Like, what is the exposure of of people to golf? It's a wonderful game, and then ultimately, I firmly believe that. It's it's the PGA professional. Once that individual comes into the golf course, the interaction of the PGA professional that's the that solidifies that individual's lifelong journey in the game, right? So, and we know that the more interactions our PGA members have with golfers, the more likely they are to continue w- with the sport. Um, but certainly, to your point, there are multiple new access points to learn the game. Um, there's nonprofits like the, you know, like the first tee that gives free access to, to juniors and those types of things. And we have more golfers than ever engaging through non-traditional things like top golf. You know, it's, it's less intimidating than it would be to go on a golf course, right. Um, it's very social. And then, you know, the association has to be creative to figure out ways is okay. You know, we have this brand new demographic. How do we pair that with the golf course? And then also how do we be more inviting you know i think we're welcoming we welcome anyone to play the game but i think we're, we're going to have a lot of successes. we start inviting individuals and to enjoy the game that we love
0: and it's really similar to that whole safe space concept that we talk about with the veterans just for the non-veteran too it's really interesting how we talk about uh simulator golf being less scary for the new golfer. And we actually see that not only in America but across the world, you know. For one huge example is South Korea. Sure. You, you got all those players, Jin Young Ko, Son Yeon Ryu, Chun, so many people on the ladies' tour, so many of them on the men's tour. Tom Kim. Sure. Um siu kim you know and it's a huge uh, over there they call it screen golf culture which brings a lot of people into golf i'm not sure how familiar you are with that Uh, But you can go look at, uh, I mean, not you, Jonathan, but everyone who's listening to this can go look at Eric Anders Lang's uh, series on Scratch. Uh, It's a golf YouTube channel and they call Adventures of Golf. And he made an episode on South Korea talking about the culture there, which I'm also very interested to, you know, hopefully get to experience in the future. With that being said about improving the game of golf, uh, how you love working in golf, we've talked all about the good stuff in golf, right? Uh, We all know that golf is an industry that we are providing a service for people to do during their leisure, during their free time. And being golf professionals, golf industry professionals, you got to work during so-called other people's free time, which, you know, it's very different. How did you overcome like, challenges that you face with that and you know we always been talking about uh work-life balance in this industry so like what do you do yourself to overcome these challenges
1: yeah so um it's a good question Willie. golf in a sense um the traditional golf and traditional careers in golf really has to do with the you know providing hospitality and usually when you're doing that you're doing it on someone else's time um and people recreate mostly when they're not you know not working right so they're not conducting business in the golf course or using it as a place to enjoy their time that means that as pj professionals if you're employed at a green grass facility and that's the place that the customers are recreating it's usually on downtime right and certainly that is um it can be difficult should you have family or right. other constraints that provide some stress uh for me personally um I'm gonna answer this in two ways. For me personally, um, I, I just loved it. I, I think you know I have a very supporting cast and family around me when I was in the Green Grass Ro- Road. Um, it was something that I've I've always wanted to do, and I just enjoyed being amongst other people. And it didn't matter if it was a Saturday or a Sunday or a Tuesday. It just it felt like it was a career and not a job, and I think that that certainly helps. Now. Um, it is really important to advocate for work-life balance. And that's what the career consultants um do in the in the field mm-hmm. team does, um, to talk with employees because at some point there can be, you know, there can certainly be burnout. We're we're in a brand new world here, you know, post-COVID and coming out of a pandemic where we get our our utilization of golf courses and golf in general is through the roof. And uh we we have resources as our pga professionals and operators of golf courses that are equipped to do this but they're not equipped to do it you know for 200 straight days in a row Um, so the industry hopefully is starting to wrap its head around what is proper and like other industries and we have to get creative so there's no problem with giving an individual one weekday and one weekend off as long as we have the proper staffing in place to cover for people and i think in turn because of that and because the industry you know maybe it dragged its speed for uh, a year or two on this but there's been some articles written and you know by interactions with the career consultant team talking with employers educating professionals on how to you know how to educate their employer on what's proper and what's industry standard you know we're riding the ship and and you know how we know this week is because we're starting to see enrollment and interest in careers in golf, we really skyrocketed the past year. Cause I think that individuals are kind of, you know, the words getting out there that it's just not, oh, you're gonna work weekends and it's a really tough work-life balance. I think the narrative now is it's a great place to work. You know, golf's a wonderful industry. You likely can have control of your schedule. You, you may have a weekend day off. You may have two weekend days off per, per month. You maybe have holidays off. It's just getting a little bit more, I guess, up to speed. With what is common, um, you know, post in a pandemic world,
0: and like I said, now the new narrative is really—it's not only about being just a head pro or a system pro, the traditional so-called traditional route in golf. Uh, you've worked both green grass, non green grass. Uh, can you share a little bit about the difference between the two, and you know yeah. what what the opportunity is to specialize with that now, and also a little bit about you know compensation too in this process?
1: Yeah, so I, I'll share a little bit about me, and hopefully, uh, won't bore your your audience too much, right? But uh, I'll make this as interesting as I as I can.
0: I'm uh, sure it's interesting. <laughs>
1: I, with the, I loved golf. I, I took it up late in life. I took it up at as, as 15 years old. I was a baseball player, a pretty good one, um, but I got burnt out at baseball. And if I could do it all over again, I would have played golf a little bit earlier, um, but I was pretty good. And then I went to uh, George Washington University, which is in Washington, DC. Uh, I thought I wanted to uh, follow in some family members' footsteps and become a doctor. And within five or six months, I just said, you know what, this just doesn't feel right. I don't know what it is, but it just like, my heart's not in it. I called my father and I said, dad, I, I, I think I'm missing a career in golf. I, I just don't know why. And he said, can you have a career in golf? And I, at that point, I really didn't know, but I researched it and I found mm-hmm. Penn state had a program and went to Penn state. And that was, you know, a wonderful decision for me when I was 26 years old. I'll never forget this day. i um, sorry. I was 23 years old. I'll never forget this day. A member at a club that I was interning at came up to me and said, "Jonathan, at an unsolicited, you're never going to know what you want to do in life until you're about 26 years old. So just experience a lot of different things." And that kind of stuck with me, stuck with me. And funny enough, about three or four weeks after my 26th birthday, I saw a job description for a player development regional manager from the PGA of America. Um, at that time, just prior to that. I thought I was being set up to be a head golf professional, at, you know, at a private facility. I had wonderful internships, was working at a wonderful club uh, close to home, in Long Island, with a with a, a tremendous head professional uh, that was a mentor to me. And I saw the job description, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. And that was my purpose. That was my why. My why is to help my fellow members and friends that are PGA professionals, you know, to elevate and enhance their personal and professional lives. And when I read the job description, the ability to create relationships, listen and learn, and try to help make their careers better or help them grow the game—that was it. And that at that point, I understood what you know, really, what my purpose is. And you know, like all, all great stories you hear about people that that you know they work and they love what they do. It's it's a career. It's not a job. It, it's funny. Like I, I I could be with family. Not that it's the best thing to do, but. You know, my phone is, you know, your your computer and it's hard to turn it off, but I love taking phone calls if I'm in a free space to talk and I'm always on. And if a professional calls me and says, Hey, Jonathan, I need help with this. Like that is, that is truly, I'm, I'm truly grateful to have that responsibility and and in a really good place in life and career uh, and being able to do that. So back to your original question, really, that's kind of like my story of how I got into it. My advice to all your listeners are to figure out what your why is, you know, where are you most passionate? And if you're the best in the world at it, you're going to be successful, you know? So whatever you find is your passion and purpose, commit to it and try to be the very best at it. Yeah.
0: And even if you're not the best at it right now and it fits your why, you're going to work to become the best at it, right? Correct. Absolutely. Now, uh, to wrap up the podcast, we have a question that we ask all of our guests and you already know what it is. (laughs) So what advice would you have given to the you 10 years ago, knowing what you know now?
1: Yeah, you know, I I just alluded to it a little bit, really. Yeah. I'd say experience as much as you can. Be a sponge. Be a total sponge out there. Get as much experience as you can. You know why? Because you're gonna be able to tell stories about your experiences, right? If you're just singular or a straight line in your approach to things, I feel like that's a little bit risky. I think, you know, just be a sponge, take everything in, you know, don't worry, things will fall into place. You don't want to rush it, um, rush your career, um, in anything. And then once you figure out what your passion is, then it's when you hit the pedal and put the accelerator down and then you're going to be well-prepared and energized and motivated to be the best you can be. This probably happened not 10 years ago, but it probably happened eight years ago. I had a very interesting thing happen to me when I was at a golf course. Um, one of the members was was young and was really successful at his their career, and they were very young. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. I wonder what sets this person apart. And it's a very large industry. And one of his friends kind of just unsolicited whispered in my ear, said, that person right there is a Michael Jordan of what they do. And that really stuck with me. So I think if I was still in school, it's going to go twofold. It's going to be figure out what your why is and whatever it is, like I alluded to before, be the Michael Jordan at it. Just do whatever you can to be the Michael Jordan at it. And you're going to be completely fine um, and fulfilled. So that's my advice for my 10 year old self or 10 years ago self.
0: Be, uh, do the best that you can in, in anything that you choose to take. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, you talk about 26 years old and a yeah, couple more months for me. <laughs> I
1: think with the, if I can just extend it a second or two here, you know, I, I've listened to a couple podcasts, or podcast um, videos of John Wooden. John Wooden happened to be uh, the most winning coach in NCAA basketball history. He's iconic. And I, I've also read some of his books and he has a wonderful saying that success isn't winning or losing. Mm-hmm. It's whether you just tried your best. And if you can look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and know that you gave a hundred percent and tried your best, then that's success and not passing or failing, right? Because that, that's up you. And I think that's just really wonderful advice, and that I would give to anyone, including my myself, ten years ago, but graduating school and in a career is just, you know, what it's not whether you won or lost the day. Um, you may lose some days, but you may said to, say to yourself, "I I gave it my all. I prepared the best I could for that day ahead of me," um, and that that's certainly wonderful advice. Yeah, and like you said,
0: just always be grateful for the opportunities that we have. Absolutely. Uh, that was an awesome insight into where the game is going, how to put that into your why and personal and professional life. And I'm uh, very happy to have this chat with you, Jonathan, and thank you for your time.
1: Thank you, Wheelie. You keep up all the great things you're doing. Tremendous. It's really a pleasure to be with you.
0: appreciate it. So that wraps up our episode with Jonathan Go. Uh Jonathan is a very knowledgeable person about golf, about PGA, and anything related to working in the golf industry, actually. And if you're a PGA member or a PGM student who is wanting to learn more about PGA, contact the team, the career consultant team, or even Jonathan himself and... Or go to your local section office. I'm sure anyone in the PGA would be willing to help you out and help you figure out the best route that you have. I absolutely love what he talks about having golf as a safe space for people. And also loves how he talks about taking it one step at a time and do your best and be the Michael Jordan of what you want to do and love what you do. So that was our episode for today. Please follow us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, anywhere and everywhere you can get your podcasts. And I'll see you in two weeks. Once again, this is Whaley signing off, and thank you for listening to the Singaporean Golf Pro Podcast.